da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. So this wasn't in the original plans for this week. In the week that is the Mad About Movies podcast. Normally right now we would be recording our Oscars postgame show, which I'm eagerly anticipating. I've spent the past three days mentally prepping my mind, preparing various notes and ledgers uh, in order to get my predictions down right. Worn out, like I've worn a bunch of grooves into my abacus. I know it's the most work my abacus gets all year, which is saying something. Well, because I'm a year, I'm a year year round abacus user. I'm, I'm in actually in an abacus club here locally, and we just gather ab clue. Yeah, we just we just gather weekly and just compare abacuses, and it's a good time. It's a great fun time for old school mathematicians and, like myself. and don't be jealous if you're just uh if you if you don't live in the dallas fort worth area and you're really you're an advocate uh you're an abby as well um we do have a podcast uh it's a spinoff of this show that's called um mad about abs yeah and uh it's just can't now i talk about our abacuses and and uh so just you know definitely look that up because uh it's it's it gets pretty heated and it's it uh, we should warn you though this show we know we keep it clean uh but that show is explicit we, <laughs> we we either talk about abacuses or just how to get a six pack, just how to make your abs. And you never know each week what it's going to be. So tune in next week to Mad About Again, abs the language, though, is atrocious. So we we should <laughs> we, we should at least not for kids. We, yeah. It's not for kids. That is a 17 and up. Pop. <laughs> What's up, man? How are you, dude? I'm good. And uh, this is kind of a bonus episode, if you will. Yeah. Kind of a again, not in the original plans, but. What what we kind of take pride in this show is is we kind of uh, every week we determine the subject of the next week kind of by what happens over the weekend and what happens in the headlines and things like that. And so this movie, Get Out, was uh, a surprise for pretty much everybody, probably including the studio, Universal, and the director, Jordan Peele, and everybody involved. Uh, this was a big success in the box office. Uh, this was the number one film this past weekend. This is Oscars weekend. So the Oscar movies are still kind of in their final push. They're definitely their final push, but uh, they're still out nonetheless. So there is quality cinema uh, to be seen. And uh, this one dominated with $30 million this past weekend. Awesome. And uh, on a $4.5 million budget. So yep. huge success already for Jordan Peele and Universal. And looks to be a rousing success then uh, in the weeks to come. Probably will. Hopefully, and and we'll get into what we thought of the movie shortly. But even if the movie was terrible, it's awesome that hey, original content. Uh, you know, that's for for adults that kind of crosses genres. Made for five million, four point five million can make money. That is a good thing for people that like original, non uh, remake movies out there, right? I mean, that's it, that's true. It, it proves if you make something deep. It, it proves that if you make something decent. And the word of mouth is good. People will go see it. It proves that if you know what you're doing, yeah. that uh, there's an audience for that. And um, oftentimes with the sequels and the blockbusters and things like that, the direction and the people in charge just don't know what they're doing. And it's just complete catastrophe. And I think people can really sense that. Um, I think people can really sense the talent in Jordan Peele. And uh, I don't know if it's just his name that drew people to the theaters this past week, but it definitely helped. I think uh, we we last talked about Jordan Peele, when we talked about uh, Keegan-Michael Key and his film Keanu last year, mm -hmm. and uh, so we got to kind of reminisce on Key and Peele 
as uh, comedians and their show on Comedy Central, their sketch comedy show, and kind of what they mean to the zeitgeist of comedy right now. And we're all big fans of his, of theirs and his. And um, I think there's definitely good stuff to come from from them too. We talked we talked last week about Key being in uh, the Predator movie, the new Predator. He has a role in that, and Peel, I guess, is doing his directorial thing right now. And um, more power to him, because it seems to be the right path. Uh, we, we liked Keanu from a writing and directing perspective. We think these guys have talent. Uh, we hadn't really seen anything that they'd done on the big screen. That was kind of their first foray into major motion pictures. And uh, it seemed to, to be a pretty good fit. Uh, I, I think I gave that one a positive review, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there are a lot of funny moments in that that I can just recall off the top of my head of some of the George Michael bits from from Keanu were hilarious, some of the funniest comedy of 2016. And so moving into 2017, I, for one, did not expect this at all from Jordan Peele. I figured these guys knew what they did and they knew what they're good at, and they're going to do that. They're going to do funny, mm-hmm. um, you know, mature adult-themed comedies. And uh, they'll do that successfully, and they'll star in a couple of them, and star with each other in a couple of them. And I thought that's kind of what we were going to get from Key and Peele, is, is uh, kind of the by-the-books what we expect from them, uh, considering their, their past career. Um, this was different. This is a horror thriller. It, it was comedic in, uh, in a sense, and there's definitely comic relief in the movie. But never really thought that the big writing-directing debut from Jordan Peele himself would be uh, a horror, a genre horror movie. And um, that really surprised me. And what surprised me even more is how well it was executed and yeah. how much I enjoyed this movie from several different aspects. But just seeing the movie and seeing how it was shot and, and how it was kind of built and, and constructed from a narrative standpoint, I think this guy really likes horror movies and has a, a big love for classic horror films. Yeah, I saw a lot of homages and and nods to classic oh, yeah. horror. So I haven't, you know, read any interviews with him about this movie, but I, I imagine this is sort of a passion project for him. You know, he kind of grew up on those movies, and I wanted to kind of do his version of them, while at the same time making it something that Jordan Peele would make. And uh, it really does kind of, you know, hits all the hits all the marks as far as what I wanted it to be and what it was. So I was really really impressed with this and. um I'm excited to talk about it with you because there's a lot to lot to draw into. But I love horror, and you're the one on the show that uh, that um, kind of joins me in that. When we talk about horror, it's usually you and yeah. I. Brian didn't get get out to this one, but uh, I think he would have enjoyed this one and, and really appreciated it for being uh, such a thriller and mm-hmm. always keeping you guessing. But uh, this one really had me in it till the very end, and um, it's I hate to say the word slow burn because it's not. I mean, because in slow burn, it implies that I was bored at one point, you know, no. I definitely wasn't yeah, yeah. bored, but, um, it really does kind of take a while to, for stuff to start hitting the fan, if that makes sense. Uh, oh, definitely. But, it's a traditional uh, yeah. kind of, uh, three act build horror movie where the, the action is definitely in the third act. Uh huh. Yeah. So you've got, but you have to, yeah. Um, no, definitely. And I think he is, a, I think a big, uh, you know, movie historian in a way uh, uh peel is and i think i read something some interview with him um where he said that he talked about how uh you know the beats of comedy and the beats of of horror are essentially the same 
when you're pay, when you work on you know a director's in large part you're in charge of pace pace and performance and so uh i think that you know i would imagine that comedy probably prepares you for horn thrower probably better than anything in a weird way even though they're very inverted yeah i feel the same way um what did you expect going into this and and what were your kind of overall arcing thoughts uh we'll save spoilers of course because these these types of movies are easy to spoil their twists and turns about uh, around every corner so keep it spoiler free but yeah. what are your general thoughts on on get out well, I, could, I mean going into it two twofold i i remember i didn't know it was a jordan peele movie i didn't really follow the production of it at all and then i saw the trailer for it a few months ago and was like oh that looks like kind of a cool horror movie kind of doing the basically taking guess who's coming to dinner and instead of push, putting ashton kutcher in remaking it maybe remaking it as a horror film i was like that's kind of cool and then uh, I saw I, I really like Allison Williams, and I was like, "Oh, good for her, she's in that." And then um, and then I saw Jordan Peele was, and I thought, "Okay, well then it's 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 weird marketing. It's going to be kind of mostly comedy with some some kind of slasher." Um, what was the one last year? Uh, like not quite like Fifty Shades of Black level like silly parody humor, <laughs> like Marlon Wayans. Yeah, but, but like a little bit more like original scary movie like. And then kept seeing, and then. I can tell you to answer your question earlier, you know, I like Key and Peele, but my girlfriend isn't, I mean, I don't think she's ever seen a second and probably couldn't pick if they walked in the room wearing shirts that said, I'm Key and Peele. I don't think she'd know who they were. And, uh, and she saw the show. I was like, I really want to see that. I was like, okay, that's interesting. So the marketing was working. I can tell you mm-hmm. in my small focus group. Um, and then over the last two weeks, the buzz has been like, this is awesome. And then, you know, Rotten Tomatoes come. So I can't say I went into the theater and was like, I was pleasantly surprised because I went in with really high expectations just over the last few days of seeing everything online and, and reading uh, some things on it. And and so I went in uh, uh, yesterday, super excited. And I was not let down, man. This movie is so fun. And uh, so of our time, you know, it's been a uh, kind of <laughs> awful uh, couple years of racial tension. And, and I, I talked about that a, a little bit in um in our blog post, uh, uh, Brian uh, d- put together a, a Oscar preview thing that we put up on the website. Yeah. So check that out if you have. And I talked about in that it's like La La Land is 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 the best movie of the year. But the the only thing I'll say about it, I don't even know if this is a criticism because it's such a timeless film, but it doesn't really represent 2016 at all to me. And uh, something like Moonlight does more with you know the the racial dynamics and things like that. And this is a movie definitively of our time. And that's not even a, a negative thing towards La La Land. It's just really the only critical thing you can say against yeah. it. Um, but it's not. That's it's it's almost more impressive that it's timeless. You could look at it either way. Um, so, but this movie is something that's like definitively like y- you will look back at this film and be like 2017, man. That's what was going on. That's how people felt. That's the tensions people felt. That was the the humidity in the air, so to speak, and addressing it in a interesting, thought provoking, critical, satirical, smart way is like the best way to handle it. And that's how you beat down, you know, all the horrible crap that goes on in the world. Is you, you know, at least in my eyes, it's like satire always leads to freedom, and uh, and and hopefully. You know, this movie being such a huge hit, getting people out to see it. It's an important movie in its own way, in a weird kind of slasher movie way. I think it's a really important and smart movie. So that's my general thoughts that I, I don't I hope I didn't go on too long. 
Not at all. I, I feel the same way. This really felt on the nose. Like it felt, um, it felt like this movie was meant for like this week in time. Yeah, you know, totally. obviously this has probably been written for the past couple of years and produced and all that, but it does. It feels so poignant for the time and really in, in a lot of different ways. I mean, I'm not black. I don't, uh, I won't sit here and say that I am, that I could sympathize on that level, but I, I in terms of, uh, of kind of where this, what kind of note this hits, um, it's funny because it plays on such, not subtlety, but uh, it, it plays on such like passive aggressive anger, you know, like passive aggressive racism, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Uh, like the, like the Bradley Whitford character who is always awesomely creepy and everything, yes. you know, like you, so good. He's, he's, he really straddles that line of, okay, is this guy insane or is he really just that nice? You know, mm-hmm. you can't ever really figure him out in any movie. So in you know, something like this, it really makes sense to have him evolve. But kind of the passive aggressive racism of yeah. calling him my man and being overly nice and being talking about Obama being like, uh, yeah, saying I would have voted for Obama a third time if I could have. And like, that's the only thing that he can relate to uh, Chris with. Yeah. Um, so that kind of stuff that really exists where you, you know, we, we don't think we're being a racist or, you know, thinking of people different than ourselves, but we kind of show it in those, those ways, uh, mm-hmm. that this, this really made that come to light, you know, probably will totally. for most people will be what they kind of leave thinking like, well, how am I really interacting with people who are different than me and that I have different opinions than, then uh, that that's a success. But it really does play on that tension well. Um, I felt the, I felt the homage right from the beginning because the opening shot of the movie mm-hmm. is right like Halloween, like the uh, sidewalk shot from Halloween with the bushes on the side and uh, you know something creepy is going to happen. He wa- he's walking down the road and that creepy car like mm-hmm. drives by, turns around and kidnaps him or what knocks him out or whatever. That's a, that's a horror movie in and of itself right there, just following totally. that story. But you never really get an explanation for that. And that well, kind of sets again. it up. Right. Yeah, sure. yeah. You, you know, but you never really you're always you think that that's the A plot line, you know, like who was the guy in the car? and What was mm-hmm. he doing? But then you're taking on this totally different. path and it's not till the end where they really kind of bring that back but Mm -hmm. that's really just kind of kind of gets the movie going uh in the beginning but that was creepy and that that set it off for me and then the the opening credits come and that kind of stanley kubrick eerie music you know uh it reminded me of the shining only in a from a different angle where they're showing all the trees kind of go by where they're driving out to the country in a very similar way to the shining Mm -hmm. so i like that uh the music from michael abels who was the composer or Assembled the music for this was really really good. Yeah, it was and so I wa- I wanted to out. point that out and give Michael Abel the uh, the props. I like the backstory of the character Chris and the fact that um, the his parents weren't there anymore. His dad wasn't there. His mom died at a very young age, and that because of a hit and run. And they have that kind of moment at the beginning where they're driving out there, and the hit and run happens, and he goes back to the deer because he, he always has that fear of leaving somebody behind that could have needed help. You know, I really, really enjoyed how they brought that, you know, obviously a couple of times back, but uh, they introduced it with the deer and I thought that was very effective and, you know, satisfied me from a creepy perspective. You don't know if the deer is going to get up. You don't know if like a car is going to come flying down the road and hit them or anything because they're stopped in the middle of the road. 
And uh, and that's crazy. As far as the cop aspect, too, I mean, were you sitting on the edge of your seat when the cop yes. showed up? Like you thought something was going to go down given yeah. the, the times that we're in, you know, and all this yeah, stuff. It's smart I thought there was going to be a commentary on that. that they throw your way early on to kind of get that. Because you go in knowing it's a horror movie, right? So you have these kind of you're ready to get down with it. And there's it's really smart in building tension with a few kind of false false flags. I think so too, and that was a uh, an apt uh, commentary as well. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she, Allison Williams, is not is kind of protective of him, you know, and uses it yep. like, "No, you're my boyfriend. No, screw this cop. You know, you don't deserve that." Yep. But we, it's not until later that we find out what's really going on. But it definitely works uh, for what it did. Uh, so we get to the house, and again, the overly, I guess, aggressively nice parents is kind of. I mean. First of all, the character of Chris is already going to this thing skeptical, right? Because mm-hmm. he talked to his friend who was like, yo, look out, man. Uh, you know, uh, if they don't know you're black, they're going to freak out or they're going to act weird, you know? And he's like, no, trust me, it's cool. It's fine. You know, she said her parents were fine. But he, he's already going into this mm-hmm. with a nervous. nervous, right? So you're nervous with him. Like, surely something yep. is going to go wrong here, you know? And he's always kind of waiting for that to happen. And when it does happen, he convinces himself that it's not happening. You know, um, mm-hmm. that's that's uh, that's funny, too, as well as uh, he's always kind of constantly in denial that it could be like this, you know, that things could actually be like his worst nightmare. You know, um, that that's a, that's eye opening as well. You know, that's very, very eye opening uh, to me and to to the character. So he goes to the house and the dad is giving him the Bradley Whitford's giving him the house tour. And he's kind of laying clues around the house as to kind of what to look for for later. For example, he says, this is the basement. It's been quarantined because of black mold. We don't go in there, you know, so you know that's coming back later. And I don't know why the character of Chris didn't really think to uh, explore that Mm -hmm. when he did or to make sure that it was what he said, because it's like anytime you're skeptical about going somewhere and somebody's like, don't go in that room. You know, there's probably something going on in that room that you don't need to know about, you know? Um, but I guess he didn't want to get mold. So he didn't. Uh, I, I think it was funny how, not funny, but I thought it was clever how Jordan Peele used the vice of the cigarettes to kind of point out a flaw in him. And that, that, that one flaw was what needed to be corrected from the uh, parents' perspective, yep. like you can never be a, the, the person you want to be because you smoke cigarettes. Like that is, it's never going to be acceptable. You need to give it up now, or you're pretty much, you know, excommunicated from being a real person. And so he makes him feel that guilt. And I don't know where you fall on this, but I think Brian kind of has some feelings on. He doesn't like horror movie that could really happen. He doesn't like horror movies that uh, have an air of reality to them. Uh, I think this one kind of has more reality than most because I feel like, uh, you know, psychotherapy is definitely something that you could, I don't know, I want to say brainwash somebody, but you could definitely convince somebody that they should see something a different way without them ever truly admitting it that way. Uh, I I think there's definitely something to that. And uh, to the real to the reality of that situation, that kind of scares people, and um, into making them act in ways that they wouldn't normally act, and they don't know why. You know, like a, like a, definitely a chemical malfunction in the brain and things like that mm-hmm. that people have no real control over. So, 
How did you feel about the whole psychotherapy aspect of it? Creepy, great little MacGuffin, great way to, you know, the, the mother, we should say Catherine Keener, who's also awesome in this. Um, she's got the, uh, she's like a hypnotherapist, psychotherapist type person. And it's a great way to kind of, you know, he's going to need some kind of weakness to stay in the house, right? So uh, kind of a, a cool, believable way to, to pull that off, in my opinion. Um, to have him have her kind of get to his brain with the with the trick of the curing his cigarette addiction, but kind of brainwashing with the teacup and all that. Um, super creepy uh, and, and can kind of ground him at any point with a simple sound. So now you kind of have your Michael Myers type crazy superhero, super villain who has crazy control, but w- within the world of a physical, actual reality. <laughs> yeah, I think I think so, too. Um... Also, the visuals, not the visuals, but the uh, kind of the effects that they use during the hypnosis sequence was effective, too, of how, like, kind of what sleep paralysis feels like. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever experienced kind of sleep paralysis or anything like that, but just the feeling of being of sinking and not being able to get out is uh, is definitely creepy as well. And I, I have a feeling that anyone that goes through hypnotherapy or anything like that can can kind of have that feeling of vulnerability, you know, where you're really out of control of your own emotions and your own being. And that's, that goes, you know, there have been whole separate movies made about that, alien abduction and things like that. And sleep paralysis is definitely a, a creepy reality as well. So it kind of explores that reality in the same way. So the housekeepers here, there's always something a bit mysterious about the housekeepers. And um, I don't know how how you felt about this, but I wanted to uh, kind of go over what I thought the explanation for them was. I, I, you know, first of all, I thought they could have been androids, like they could have, like they, this, the, the dad and the mom could have been like scientists that were making androids, or like you know, I guess what uh, what am I looking for? Not virtual reality, but uh, artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And things like that and experimenting with that. And this was kind of their, you know, they're in the middle of nowhere and they can experiment with these things and their racism towards African-Americans. Like they're the only people worth experimenting on or whatever, because we don't want to we don't want to spare the lives of any white people for this experiment to happen, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Because that, that's how I kind of felt like it was just because how robotic they were acting and they were doing such mundane tasks like cleaning and cooking and things like that, that I figured, you know, if artificial intelligence did exist to that level that uh, those were the first types of things we would get the beings to do would be, you know, obviously we have the Roomba and things like that. Now, like if we get robotics, like what's the first thing we can stop it from doing is us having to work anymore. Right. So I thought that uh, artificial intelligence or androids was going to be a a player in this, but uh, I was vastly wrong. What did you kind of think? What was your hypothesis? You you had uh, more concrete thoughts than I did. I can say mine were more, I knew, you know, with the with him being a neuroscientist and with her being a hypnotherapist, I thought there'd be something to do with brainwashing or or something. Um, but I didn't have a very concrete feel of what it was, and I I can't say that what actually comes about. I I knew I I didn't know it was that. I just thought it was somewhere in that field. Yeah, it was definitely creepy. I think the the creepiest parts were the housekeepers and when he when Chris who is a photographer, they make him a photographer in the movie, is out sort of getting out with some uh, 
you know, getting some fresh air and he goes out to take some pictures and turns back and sees the maid in the window. And then she like looks over at him. That's really creepy. For me, that's that was I, I thought maybe they were hypnotized as well. I thought maybe that they were just normal um, people that had stumbled or, you know, came to the farmhouse, you know, I guess it, through different ways and that they had been simply hypnotized. You know, I thought that was an explanation as well. And that's kind of the uh, the friend Rod. That's kind of when he comes into the movie. For real, he's hinted at the beginning. He They're showing him at the beginning, but but he has a, a bigger scene when Chris calls him for help later. That he, he that's his hypothesis too. He's like, man, they're taking these people, they're taking you, they're hypnotizing you, and they're turning you into slaves. That's what I thought it was too. But surely they wouldn't have given it given it away that easily, you know. Surely our suspicions wouldn't be right, right? Uh, and they ended up not being. But I, I really like the character of Rod, and as comic relief, I mean, he totally steals every scene he's totally. in he's awesome. in the movie. And I can expect a lot of big things coming from him uh, in yeah, the future, and that that really shows. Jordan Peele, like, you know what? I can't really resist these these types of moments and this type of comedy that I I'm so known for. People probably expected something like that from him, but I thought it was a it was great use of the comic relief. Uh, in that I, movie. Yeah, I love that. I love horror that because I mean, it, I think um, lazy horror sometimes just tries to build tension over the over the course of a full film and and really smart uh, horror films like you know, build attention and then either you kill it with humor or you kill it with, you know, an actual gory scene. And then you try to rebuild and rebuild, you know, that's that you want it to feel like a roller coaster, not just like a free fall. And uh, I thought that was really effective in this movie. This is a movie, not only of, you know, tension and drama, but I mean, it's one of relationships too. I mean, you really feel for the relationships between the characters, between Chris and, and uh, uh, Rose, his his girl, you, you really think, like, how could she betray him like this? Like, surely she's on his side, you know, because we love them so much. Yeah. And we, we feel for Chris and we want everything to be right for him. And then you feel for the relationship of Rose and her parents. Like, well, she said, you know, her parents are totally normal people and everything. Like, how could she betray her own family and and all that? Uh, and so really with none of the relationships working. With people you don't care about, none of this works, right? And so that that's kind of rule number one is create characters that we like and care about in order for us to care about them not being there anymore. And I think that uh, that was definitely accomplished, this movie. So there's a lot of stuff that uh, really creeped me out. First of all, the, uh, the actual party thing that they had, you know, with all their friends, I guess. And that's where we're kind of introduced to the other African-American people that were kind of taken hostage or whatever. And that was, that definitely made me think that there was more of a conspiracy to this than just the family, right? That there were all these people, all these people at this, I guess, party, if you want to call it a party, I don't know, it didn't look very fun. Uh, we're behind all this. Like this is a huge like my old cult party. or something, right? It's just like the parties we used to have at your place. <laughs> now that I think about uh, it, it it was definitely like there's there's more to be had than just like one messed right. up person. This is definitely everybody's against him. And that scene where he walks upstairs and goes to check on his cell phone, I think, and and the entire party stops and everybody's just look or like looking upstairs, you know, and it just becomes silent. That was so creepy. That. uh you know, you knew something was about to happen when that when that moment happened. So, 
I guess we should go into spoilers now before we yep. get too far it. into this. So spoilery stuff coming up now for Get Out. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. What did we think of the camera flashes? Why was that something that uh, kind of, I guess, not only negates, yeah, zapped yeah. them back to life or at least made them not uh, themselves anymore? I don't, I didn't understand that. Uh, I think it's just why sort was of that? A, uh, a general break the hypnosis. These people are clearly kind of hypnotized. And in a in a in a fade, and I think you know it's just sort of a quick uh, whether or not it's scientifically accurate or not, just kind of a representation of we needed to snap these people out of here. I thought it was fine; it didn't really bother. Me. Yeah, the scene where they're not playing bingo, but they're using the bingo cards yeah. to basically auction him off, like yeah. that harkens back to like slave trade and things like totally. that. Uh, it was super super dark, but. I, I it kind of didn't understand what was happening at first, but yeah. once you figure that out, it's so effective and wow, creepy, and you, you hope things like that don't actually happen. But <laughs> uh, I mean, good, good grief! What a what a kind of vision to mm-hmm. use that that way. Oh. Um, I didn't uh, didn't see that coming, but it definitely uh, was effective in its execution. Uh, the actual box of the pictures that. Chris stumbled upon. This is kind of the uh, all work and no play makes makes me go crazy uh, moment where you where you, where you kind of are able to pull back and realize what's actually happening right. in the movie. 
and uh, your your worst suspicions are in fact true, and the fact that Rose is actually behind this too. And so you think, how could that be, or what's the motive behind it? But man, Allison Williams is is uh, is good in this movie to where when she turns it on, the creepiness, she turns it on, and and from that moment forward, you don't see her in the same way at all, and she plays it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And um, in trying, I to. think this is one of those movies. They come out of every ten years or so where. You know, you look at that cast and you go, wow, so many people were in that cast that were ended up. I think every person in this movie, Williams, um, and I'll butcher, I'll butcher a few of these names. Uh, Lil Rel, who you mentioned earlier, who plays Rod. Um, and then Dan- Daniel Kalua, Kalu- Kaluuya. I don't yeah, know, gosh, he's British, by the way. He, of course, all the good mm-hmm. ones are. Um, <laughs> True. Uh, he's, he, I think all three of them will be around for a considerable amount of time. Uh, and Kalua's in Black Panther next year. So that's awesome. Sweet. Yeah, that is that is awesome. Um, something else I really liked about the ending was how we kind of find out exactly who the housekeepers were. We find out that it's actually the grandma and grandpa that we had heard about that were mentioned earlier in the movie that we thought were dead. No, they've actually transplanted their souls or brains. I guess it's their brains since we see the brain surgery and all that happening into the housekeepers so it's grandma and grandpa who is actually in control of the bodies so that leads into a whole another conversation of i guess that's why they wanted to recruit these people into their house and and they wanted their future souls to live in the best bodies like how there's a guy that's talking about golf because i guess his eternal self wants to be a good golfer so he's talking about tiger woods with chris and it's kind of crazy but that's a whole nother aspect of this movie that uh, the whole transforming the transformation of somebody's consciousness into another person's body is uh, is a crazy crazy thing. Um, and it's it's extremely bold movie to make this movie to right. just kind of it breaks every stereotype that you would expect, and with especially with horror movies where it's become a trope or a joke, you know, honestly that the black guy dies first in these types of movies. Right. And this totally flips it on his head. And he's, uh, you know, in a very Django Unchained revenge style way, kind of uh, getting his comeuppance against that stereotype. Oh. And it's totally refreshing and totally awesome when it happens. And, you know, it feels like they're getting what was coming to him. And it's, it's very meta in the same way that a movie like Cabin in the Woods was meta. And they, Everything you expect to happen in these types of movies, it really doesn't happen that way. And I'm just, I'm just relieved. I'm just relieved that, uh, like, I think Jordan Peele could make a total by the books horror movie and do awesome, and we would love it. But the fact that he flips it on its head and, and everything you expect to happen doesn't happen, and it's it's, it's totally a reversal of your instinct. Mm-hmm. It it really makes me appreciate it a lot more. Totally agree. Totally agree. I think Cabin in the Woods. If there's anything to compare this to tonally. That's probably as close as it gets, but I think, and I like Cabin in the Woods a lot. This is a lot better. I think so too. Um, I think so too. What do we think of the uh, the supporting cast? You already mentioned Catherine Keener, but Bradley Whitford is awesome. The brother was creepy too. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who that guy was, but I don't know his name. I can look it up real quick. He was very good. He's another one I think we'll see a lot of, but he'll probably Caleb Landry Jones. Uh is his name oh that's yeah. right he was he was banshee in first class that's right that's right he was he was banshee yeah. the uh the guy that uh 
whistles or whatever. Yeah, I got you. So this movie really, I think it's it's healthy. You know, the 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 real joy of this is that we can all, as a society, you know, go to a movie like this and kind of admit our faults. You know, as racially diverse moviegoers as we are, and we can kind of come together and fearful, you know optimism and suspense and kind of uh call these things out and move past them and hopefully be better people because of it because of a movie like this kind of going about these awkwardly horrible situations in a very fun and entertaining way if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um there's there's not a lot there's not a lot of ways to talk about this and have people listen right or have people take them seriously i think this is a very effective way of of bringing these situations to light without necessarily demeaning them at all. And uh, you would think, oh, I learned a lot about how to treat people from a horror comedy in 2017, but (laughs) you really did. And it really breaks a lot of barriers down, you know, not only cinematically, but socially and culturally and comments on them. And it's satirical and funny. And I mean, uh, there's a lot more to this than just a horror movie. I think I probably made that sense and i think this is more of a thriller than horror for sure and i would i would be willing to tell brian that same thing so yeah if he saw green he saw green room i think they're they're similar type i think he can get down with with certain things i think so too and man i i was totally into this from like i said slow burn at the beginning but i mean this thing keeps you guessing the entire time you don't know who's bad who's good Mm -hmm. you don't know why they're bad why they're good you don't know if he's gonna get out you don't know if his friend's going to get out. Uh, you don't know if uh, if Allison Williams is going to get out of the whole situation. It's uh, it's very tense, but I, I really enjoyed it. So we come to the end, and like I said, he gets his comeuppance and kind of literally kills everybody. He kills Bradley Whitford with a deer, a literal deer. <laughs> That's awesome. I've never seen that. But uh, it was funny how Rod, his friend, was the one that saved him. And he's just like, TSA, we got this, you know? And it's a funny commentary on how inept the TSA has been yeah. forever. And they don't do anything, really. And it's it's always been a bit. But uh, maybe this kind of breaks the stereotype that TSA is awful. And that they, <laughs> By the way, they have cop cars that say TSA airport on them? I didn't know that. I didn't know they let them have cop cars, but that was funny. They got more funding. That was funny how serious he was about TSA, totally. too. You know, he didn't play it as a joke. He was like, no, I got TSA instincts. He was trying to tell the cop that <laughs> we're trained we're trained better than you on this because we deal with terrorists. It's another story. It's a whole long story, you know. Uh, that was yeah. funny. That scene where he's in the cop, uh, he's in the police station trying to tell the cops about this, and they're just laughing at him. That was funny as well. And uh, that was good. So anything that I miss here? No. Any scenes? No. no. We walked through it. It was, it's a yeah, ghost. I mean, I, I hope you didn't listen to this if you haven't seen it because we spoiled a lot. And movies like this really rely on plot pacing and unveiling. But uh, if you somehow listen through this and th- are on the fence, you should go see this. I think it's an important uh, movie. I think I, I, if, if this isn't in my top 10 of the year in about 10 months, then we had a very good year of movies. This is a very, very good movie. I think so too. And, uh, <laughs> I think the sunken space is probably the most, uh, I think you could probably 
look a lot more into that than we have yeah. here about what that represents. Sure. And I think that's kind of the ambiguous nature of the movie is that whether that was in his head or that, whether that was a physical real place that he, he goes mm-hmm. to is, is totally different. But the feeling of helplessness is prevalent in all of us nonetheless. And I think that's what that kind of represents uh, for everybody. So let's hit a grade here. I'm going to give Get Out a, a strong A. Man, this was awesome. And uh, never thought we'd do an episode on it. But I mean, I, I couldn't stop thinking about it when I saw it. And I, I just wanted to get on here and just briefly talk about it with you. Maybe if Brian sees it, we'll talk about it a bit more. But this was a surprise, and, and uh, like I said, around every corner, there's something new to look at and think at, and it's impeccably shot and directed and acted and, and written, and um, it, it deserves every ounce of praise it's got. I'm surprised this one came out in, when it did, February 25th or whatever, because this one this could have done well in the summer, I think. Yeah. This one could have done really well and during Halloween yeah, too. But so. it made it made thirty million on a five million dollar budget. So Universal, all props releasing it. All when you props did. to them because there were, there was literally nothing else it was oh, against. Smart. It was, it was week three of Lego Batman was what totally. it was competing against. So and it's, it's kind of a low way, key but. low key week where people are in the movies because it's Oscar weekend. So like people, I don't know, subconsciously it's a movie weekend in a weird way. It's weird how well horror movies work in the winter uh-huh. because Split just came out couple weeks ago, which we talked about. Yeah. And it's very similar to this, and it's just very effective, creepy thriller. Two for some, two on, on horror movies. Oh, man. Two of the best thrillers I've ever seen yeah. so far in 2017. So uh, if that's an a, a indication of what's to come this year, at least for horror movies and thrillers, then it's going to be a good year. So I'm going to give this an A. want to see more out of Jordan Peele, and I want to see more out of Keegan-Michael Key. I know, like I said, he's in uh, he's in Predators, and... They were in Fargo together, Fargo, the TV series. So we that's know right. that they can do stuff together. That's not necessarily sketch comedy. So I'm interested to see where their careers kind of take them after this. And I think Jordan Peele, this opens up the door for any movie he wants to direct. I feel like uh, mm-hmm. if you can write and direct something this fun and, and effective, then no telling what he's going to be able to do with somebody else's work and all that. So I, I have a feeling he's going to get a, a lot of good movies or his choice of a lot of good movies to direct, but maybe hopefully he'll stay true to his, true to himself and does his own stuff for a while. At least I want to kind of see him grow as a, as a filmmaker. So, wow. It's amazing. You, we do this show all the time. We talked about the great directors nowadays and everything. And then just in one week's time, we have one of the next best directors of our time. You know, like I can see him totally being somebody that, that we bring up as some of the five best directors in the game just just based on one movie i can already tell the instincts are there and the uh, the vision is there so excited really excited for what's to come what would you give this i'd go a plus i'm gonna go a plus favorite wow. movie of the year so far yeah i really like really think I it's think... as i get older i get pickier and this this was something totally interesting and new to me so yeah a plus for originality yeah it's um it, it kind of is a eye-opening in the fact that we think like racism is over right uh you know surely we we feel like oh this isn't the civil rights movement you know that was 40 years ago and this is a this movie is kind of the harsh reality of no even though we we act different those tensions are still there and Mm -hmm. in fact they're horribly there in some parts of the world in america Mm -hmm. and uh you know to the point of death so that's creepy but and something we should always think about is uh 
our treatment of uh, fellow humans. So, all right, I'm off my soapbox. This was good. This was fun. Uh, Get Out is playing at a theater near you. Please go see it. Please email the show. Let us know your thoughts. I'm sure there's stuff we didn't go over. Uh, We're coming fresh off it. Haven't really had a lot of time to digest this one, but figured we should get some thoughts out right now while the weekend is still fresh. And uh, of course, we might talk about this one again someday. So reach out on Twitter at MAM underscore podcast. Email the show, Podcast at Gmail, or just go to our website. Contact us there. We really do like to carry the conversation over uh, after the show. And where can we find you online, Brian? And I mean, uh, Richard? Oh, well, Brian, we can find him at, in, oh, we should say, we, we should always say, Brian is, um, he's, he, he is on his uh, annual Oscar. Um, he, he, this is hard to say. He, he, he buys a new tux every year for the Oscars. So he's out, uh-huh. he's out shopping for it. So um, he's out doing that. But he can find him at Brian uh, at Beagle 12 on Twitter. You can find Richard, me, at uh, Richard Barden on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, any of that stuff. Kent, where can I find you? Find me online at kentgarrison.com and Kent Garrison on Twitter. And uh, please hit subscribe on iTunes. We talk about movies every week. We have multiple episodes coming out this week still. So be on the lookout for those. And uh, until next time, we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. Scrambled eggs all over my face.